Welcome to Space to Face, a podcast where we encourage you to build the online and offline presence of your brand. Whether your strength is online or in person, we believe there's business magic to be made in the blending of both. This is a podcast for passionate creatives and entrepreneurs who want to bridge the gap between their online space and meeting face to face. I'm Paige Poppy. And I'm Asia Crescent. Thank you for joining us. Let's jump right in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Space to Face. I'm here with Asia. Hi. Hello, hello. And we are on bonus episode numero dos. That's right. (laughs) So we hope you guys are off to a great day today, wherever you may be. And the point of today's episode is that I will be doing a little interview with Asia, getting to know her better, (laughs) mostly so you guys can get to know her. I, of course, know her pretty well, but maybe I'll learn a few new things. Who knows? Well, that depends on how introspective your questions are. Okay. (laughs) Now the pressure's on. (laughs) So first of all, can you just give us like a brief rundown of who you are, what you do, where you live? What a great idea. I will introduce myself. My name is Asia Croson and I am a personal brand. So my photography is Asia Croson Photography, which is always so funny when I call people like, hi, this is Asia Croson from Asia Croson Photography. Um, And I have been a photographer for three years. Um, Well, I've had my business for three years. My anniversary was actually this weekend. Oh, my God. Exciting. Congratulations. Why? Thank you so very much. It just came up on my time hop, and I had to, like, put a sign outside my house that said that, like, I was running a business there or something. I don't know why you have to do that, like, declare to the public that you have your business there. But that's what I had to do three years ago. Um, And I started off by doing college graduation photos um, in 2010, actually, my last quarter of college. And I took photos of all my friends, and we all were kind of taking turns, taking pictures of each other. And I realized that mine were just better than everybody else's. And so, naturally, I like things that um, I was really good at. And so I moved to Australia and to France right after that and practiced as much as possible. And then I moved back to start the business into San Luis Obispo, California, which is where I went to college. I went to Cal Poly, which is where Paige and I met. Cal Poly represent. (laughs) Alma maters, going strong. (laughs) Shout out to the best school ever. Um, And I moved back here because I love it. It's the happiest place in America. And the longer that I live here, the more I'm convinced I'm going to stay here forever. And Um, And you really made that a choice, too. You were like, I have this awesome business where I can really live anywhere in the world and where... Where do I want to live? And you picked slow. And I picked here. And I, like, sounds like I'm bragging, but my degree was in foreign languages, so I speak a lot of languages. And so I knew, like, literally I could live almost anywhere. Um, And if I didn't speak a language, I knew that I'd be able to pick it up easy. So if I wanted to move somewhere, like, totally off-grid, and I knew that I wanted to come back here and live here. So it definitely was a conscious decision. It wasn't like, oh, I'm just comfortable there or, you know, I don't know what. Um, So I'm I'm very happy with that choice, and I really love living here. So I've been back now for three years, had the business for three years, and I'm just seeing where it takes me and it's just growing so much blogging has taken me into such different directions um this podcast as well so it's really great to see just in the last three years how, how many directions photography has taken me so could you talk a little bit too about how slow kind of influences your business because uh if you guys don't know asia has like such an ideal situation so she really like lives and works within such a small radius so she lives very close to downtown where all the action happens and like her office is downtown so she kind of bops around and I feel like that's really where you have found the purpose in kind of 
you know, taking breaks from your work and, like, taking a second to get outside and go get lunch or go meet mm-hmm. someone in public because you're kind of, like, right in the middle of all that action. Yes. There's, like, my whole life, like, revolves in, like, 0.5 miles. <laughs> Everything is just right here. And I'm very content with it. I really like it. Um, yeah, but it is a lot. It's really easy to just pop out. I don't have to drive anywhere if I want to go to lunch with somebody because our town is quite small and easily walkable. And I'm, I am just right here. So Starbucks, it takes me, like, a sneeze time to get to Starbucks. I've never used that phrase. I don't think that's a phrase. <laughs> I just made it up right now. I sneezed um, when I was there. <laughs> Um, so it's, it's really quite easy. And then, you know, it's easy for people to meet me down here, etc. So yeah, that has a lot to do with why I feel like I'm so active. If I lived far, I'd probably just hold in my house and would never know. I mean, probably not, but maybe, you know, you never know. I have to say it was an adjustment after moving out of slow for me because no longer can I just bike downtown. I mean, I primarily was probably 95% bike. I biked to school and everything. And it was definitely a change. Like now I frequently drive like 20 minutes to things and 25 minutes. Yeah, I have a meeting today like a half hour away. So that would be like a gnarly commute. Like I would add that in like when I keep track of business time, I definitely add in like any kind of travel time because it's so rare for me to have it. So I'm like, oh yeah, that one time I had to travel like 15 minutes. (laughs) It's like a travel for me. It's like literally it wouldn't take me 15 minutes to walk anywhere where I'd have to go right now. Like if it wasn't slow. The only thing that we, I ever drove to was Target or the beach. Okay, Target is a necessity, so that is a good point. And the beach, very, very good point. But everything else is so easily walkable, which is so nice. So nice. And besides your clients, you also have a really fun thing that you're working on, which is kind of a passion project and evolving into a business project, which is your online magazine. Could you tell us about it? Yes, of course I can. So my online magazine, which is called Slow What, which actually page titled, I should give you credit on the cover. Oh my God, I forgot. You totally did it. Remember we were sitting down and I was dying laughing when you first came up with it. I was like, yes, that's so it. I think it's hilarious. Slow What? I don't even remember like what the other ideas from the name were. But anyway, um, so Slow What is a magazine that is based on cool things that are going on in slow and it's really targeted toward people our age, college students, young professionals. Um, So something kind of fun that I've been doing recently, I'm on my fourth episode, I always call it an episode, my fourth issue, um, and they come out in the beginning of every month, and it's such a great way to like, connect with local community, local business owners, um, and just really great excuse to put my work out there, and to do take more pictures, and just just be more involved in slow. Um, it's really, I can't believe... I can't believe that it's only been four months, but at the same time, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's been so much that's happened with it, you know, just in the last four months, so... That's been a really awesome way that my business has grown that I never expected. I always wanted to have a magazine, but it just never came to fruition. And then when we were doing, you know, like biz times in the morning and just getting so inspired with all the things, I was like, I'm going to do this. And then I did it and here we are. And now I have a magazine. It's crazy. It's so cool. And it's also really fun because uh, when you reach out to your local uh, business friends, they're really excited to be able to add that to their website and post about it and be like, hey, I'm featured in Slow What this month. It's pretty like, it's pretty like exciting and like pretty like fun little collaborative thing like I know you are running the whole thing you do have some people on board with you on your team helping but it is pretty cool like they feel like they're contributing to it as well Absolutely. Yeah. I love having my contributors. That's been kind of in the beginning when I was like, okay, this is going to be a thing. My 
like one of my big dreams is building a team under me because I, when I was in school, I had so many people that I really looked up to and that were doing so, such cool things. And I definitely wouldn't want, I want to be that person for, for college students who have so many cool things to say and to do. And I want to provide them with opportunities to either get their work out there, to get a lot of experience. And, and so it's like, I have one girl who's, um, her name is Alyssa and she's doing fashion coordinating for me. And she just is so talented. She's really great at it. And I have two writers on staff. I have Rebecca and Caitlin. Um, and then one of my friends is a professor and she's also writing for me as well. And it's just so cool that they feel, they feel like they're really contributing to something awesome because they are. And it's this like kind of catch 22 because it's awesome because they're contributing and they're contributing something awesome. And it's just great. It's really great to have that team behind me. And that's cool. That kind of brings us back to what we've talked about recently about like not being lonely in your business. So you are like a solopreneur, but you're surrounding yourself with these people who are working with you together, even if it might be just a small contribution once a month. I mean, it's not small, but even if it's just a small part of what you're doing, but it's, it's definitely uh gives you chances to interact with other people and like have them around you meet up frequently and yeah and just get like it then just get like different pieces of slow because as much as I love slow I can't really understand it all and so it's cool to see like different perspectives of like my Rebecca she's doing hiking pieces I hate hiking like a lot so I would never write something like that and so my readers would never know anything about hiking so it's really cool that she can come contribute that part of slow that's really important to her and my first issue, I did everything by myself. I wrote every single article and it took me so long. And now being like, oh my gosh, this is so nice. And I took the format, the articles that they send in. It makes everything so nice. And from the very beginning, I've been great at delegating. I'm like, nope, I will go ahead and toss that thing out. And I just, I think because when I was in school, like I said, I definitely had people who were allowing me to do, like I was being delegated to, and that really helped me in college, like financially or with experience. So it's nice to be able to now provide those opportunities for college students or young professionals. So it's really nice outsourcing community building so good so efficient man i'm so efficient (laughs) so nice and and you've met a lot of new people through it too oh yeah absolutely and and because slow is such a small town it definitely seems like you kind of run to the same people over and over and so it's really nice to realize that that's really not true and there are so many people here and every time i have a new contributor and they're opening me up to like a whole new social world i'm like oh thank god there there are more people as well (laughs) i just thought of something really interesting too um so, so to explain a little bit for everyone listening, um, San Luis Obispo is a college town. So huge uh-huh. population of it is college students. And I know a lot of my friends were like, I would never live here as a young adult. I'm going to uh-huh. get away. Personally, I would still live there. I think I, I think it's yeah. beautiful. I love it so much. But um, it's interesting because you are a young adult. You're, are you 26 now? Mm-hmm. 26. Oh, God. <laughs> but, you know, you're 26 and, like, you could be bored and you could be like, wow, look at all these college students I'm surrounded by. Like, where are my people? Where are my friends? And, like, right. through the magazine, you're finding those people and people who are reaching towards the same goals that you are. Totally. Yeah, it is really good to be able to connect to, like, my community in the sense of, like, people who are my age and professionals. And when I was in school, nobody stayed here because there weren't any jobs here. And when I moved back and started the business, people were like, how did you find a job in Flow? I'm like, I didn't. I had to make one for myself because there wasn't anything here. And now more people are staying. We have a bigger industry. We have some really big companies that are that are here that are really employing a lot of people. So that's really nice. Um, and then my boyfriend is a local. And so just his friends who stay here, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so happy there are more people my age. But when I was in college, I was like, there, there would be no way I could stay here. It's so amazing. But when I lived in France, I was gone for a year and I moved back. All of my friends moved. They went, you know, they went to the city or they went to D.C. or they went to, like, just bigger areas. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm just back here doing my thing slow. <laughs> but 
now I've really, I, I think maybe I resented it a little bit. And there was a point where I was like, I'm moving to Seattle. I'm just leaving. But there's, there's no way that I could do that now, now that I've really like dug my roots here. And yeah, the big city life doesn't sound awesome to me at all. <laughs> and you're pretty interesting too, because like we just said, like you were able to live there because you did choose what you were doing. But mm-hmm. y- I know you said your degree was in foreign languages and um, I know that you have had quite a few different odd jobs. I mean, they're not odd, but they're like really they across are. the board. Yeah. So I guess my question is like what if you could go down an alternate path, what mm-hmm. would you be doing besides photography? I know ultimately it's like your calling, but what would you be doing? So, yes, I did get my degree in foreign languages and I was a learning therapist all throughout college. And I really thought that's where, I, where my career was going to go. And even when I moved back and started the business, I wasn't full time photography. I was still doing learning therapy. Um, and I love that job. I loved that job up until I left it. But I knew that I, it wasn't something I wanted to continue with forever. I had really peaked and I was going to have to go back to school if I wanted to continue with it. Um, and I knew that there's no way I wanted to go back to school. And spend all that money if I knew that I really just wanted to do photography, which I was doing. I built a huge business on the side and was like, I just need to do this full time and take the leap. And so it's been just over a year since I did that last July. So July 2014 is when I quit my full time job and went full time photography. So I guess in a really close universe, my alternate path would be doing learning therapy, which I really, really loved. And when I first moved back from France and started working again as a learning therapist, I was thinking about going back to school as a speech pathologist. And I remember chatting with this like random guy who was like a friend of a friend. And I was like, random stranger I don't really know very well. Do you think I should go back to school and be a speech pathologist and have like a guaranteed job and blah, blah, blah? Or do you think I should like chase my dreams and become a photographer? And he was like, you should definitely start your own business, blah, 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 blah. And then now three years later, that person is John. And that was like one of the first conversations we had together, actually. Which is Uh, Asia's boyfriend. Which is the boyfriend. So he's been there since the very beginning of the business. Um, And so I I would definitely be doing that. If it was like totally far-fetched and I would be doing something different, I would probably be like teaching a foreign language in another country. But actually, I taught English in France and I hate teaching a lot. I have a really small class that I still teach. Um, I teach Spanish still um, because I've been working with these kids since they were five and they're now 12. So I've been working with them for seven years now. Um, So I still teach them, which is awesome, but there's only two of them. So if there were, if there were more, it would be a little difficult. Teaching is not my forte, let me tell you. But I did do a lot of tutoring in college. Um, I worked for a realtor. I actually have my real estate license. What else did I do? I did some crazy things. I actually delivered newspapers every week. I did not know that. Really? Oh my gosh. It's like my favorite story about me and my best friend. My best friend, his name is CJ, and he would never let me go alone, but he wouldn't be like, oh, I'm valiant and I won't let you go alone. He'd be like, oh, pick me up at midnight only if you're bringing donuts or something, you know? (laughs) I've never met him, but that sounds so CJ. (laughs) It's exactly like him. Um, And it would be, even if it was like raining, it didn't matter. And sometimes I love dancing and in another alternate universe, I would have definitely been a professional dancer. Um... And so I would go out until like two in the morning and then I would go pick him up and then we would go deliver newspapers to like four and then I had class at seven. Like I did not sleep in college. (laughs) This is fascinating to me because your lifestyle is so opposite that. Like you're so good at like getting your sleep, waking up early, being consistent. And it's so interesting to hear me like hear that part of your life. It's so funny. And it's so funny that you and I have never been dancing together because I went out like five nights a week in college. Like, I love that. Now I'm like, 10 o'clock is bedtime. I have but, like my one night where I go hard. And other than that, I'm like, I'll stay home. Actually, my my um, my girlfriends from college and I just started a thing in our group text where we're asking each other like questions about college or about future or whatever. Just like, just to like 
reconnect kind of thing. Today, the question was like, what kind of personality traits do you have now that you wouldn't guess you would have had in college? And in college, I didn't drink coffee, which is insane because I go to Starbucks like five times a day. That's funny because I didn't drink it either until probably the end of my junior year. And then I didn't really do it like as a daily routine until I lived in Copenhagen. Interesting. Which and is you so didn't weird. Really too much when we were hanging out. No, like I was good at like resisting because I knew for a long time I didn't want to get hooked on it. I also didn't love the taste. But the yeah. fact that I got through the first few years of architecture school without it is like puzzling. I, very puzzling. Like, I don't understand. I think that like once you turn 22, that just shuts off. I think like, I completely agree. Week. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, I didn't drink it at all. I, I, that's okay. Copenhagen, good point, because I didn't start drinking at time to France, which is after I graduated. It's just part uh, of the culture there, and, like, literally uh, you can't get a bad coffee the way you can here. Like, everything no. is incredible. It's amazing, and it's so, like, it's just, yeah, it's, like, part of the ambiance, you know, it's just so nice. And then I came back, and now I'm addicted to Starbucks, which arguably probably not the same quality, but now it's a whole part of my local community, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't regret a thing, but in college I would get, I would drink coffee and have the like gnarliest anxiety attacks. It was just like literally my chest would be like, <clears throat> and I like wouldn't be able to do anything. And it was so painful. And like, I was like, how do people do this? I don't understand. Now I'm like, how do people walk around and breathe without coffee? I don't get it. Yeah. And like, how did you even manage to do all of those side jobs while you were in college. Like, that's nuts. Um, yeah, and without coffee. You know, sometimes I look back and I don't know how I did it either. Um, and I know you're a pretty good student too, so yes, I tell it all. Student. I will tell. I'll tell. Oh, this is my this is my tell-all. This is an audiobook version of my memoir. Um, so I had to pay my own way through school, which that motivator in itself made the days longer um, and gave me more hours to fit everything in. My parents paid for the first year, which was so fabulous. And then after that, I was on my own. Um, well, actually, that's not quite true. I still got a stipend when I was in the military, and I got a stipend for that. So I got 300 bucks a month, which paid some of my rent. Your, your so family was in the military, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. My dad was. And uh, so I got, not, not me. I was not. <laughs> um, and so I would love to give them some credit for that. So I did get a couple hundred bucks a month, which is super awesome. And they would you know, help me pitch in for, pitch in for books sometimes. And because there were definitely times where I was like, I can't. Like, I can't pay for it. Um, another one of those questions my girlfriends and I have been talking about, one was, like, what was the scariest moment in college? And mine was, like, my car got towed, and I couldn't pay for it. And I was, like, I don't know if I can, if I'm just going to leave it leave it there, if I'm going to sell it, what I'm going to do. How do I have to drop out of school because I've, my car got towed? Um, and it was, like, a definite, like, the world is ending moment for me. Um, but, yeah, I worked a lot of jobs, and, like... I worked at a doctor's office and I was a real estate agent at the same time. Not a real estate agent, but a real estate assistant. Um, and what else was I doing? In teaching classes. And I was just all over the place. I actually took a quarter off at one point so that I could just like make some money. And my <laughs> my grandma, I've mentioned this a lot in my blogs. It's like the funniest thing my grandma's ever done. She sent me packages every month with cookies and like paper plates and like whatever Halloween decorations in it. It was so awesome. My whole, all my friends like survived off these grandma cookies and they like always talk about it as well. And when I took that quarter off, she stopped sending me packages because she didn't think I was going to go back to school. And when I texted her and I was like, Grandma, I signed up for classes today because at Cal Poly, our quarter's only eight weeks long. So really, it was like probably six weeks of me not being in school and then having to sign up for classes again. And she said, package on the way. 
<laughs> I was like, Grandma, you're such a little brat. Um, she anyway. knows those cookies are a motivator, man. No, seriously, right? She's like, if you're not going to school, you don't get any cookies. So I, yeah, I had to pay for myself. I took that quarter off. I took summer school and actually ended up graduating early and decided to move to Australia in the time that I had between graduating and going to France. Um, and that really, that changed my life, honestly, because I moved to Australia in a week. I was like, I want to go. And then I sold my car and I left. And that really was a really big pivotal moment in my life. And I realized like I can do anything. And I, I haven't let that go. Like if I can move across the world in a week and I can graduate college early with such a great GPA. And I would not that I was like, it's not that I was like full of myself, but I, I just like really gave me the confidence I needed to do anything. Like if I can move to Australia in a week, then I can do anything. So it was a really good moment. So that's how I fit everything in. I had to. I had no other choice <laughs> or I would starve. So there's that. That's also interesting too, because I feel like you chose side jobs that gave you energy a little mm -hmm. bit too and you know yes. weren't like super draining. So maybe that plays into your ultimate choice to be a photographer too. So you could choose something yeah. that gave you energy as well. A hundred percent. When I tell people, you know, when I'm talking to girls in school and they're like working jobs they don't like and they're like, well, you understand because you have to pay your own way. And I was like, yeah, but I never, I never worked a job that I didn't enjoy. And if I didn't, I was quick to quit. And I think it was because I was confident in my ability to find another job. And at that point I had so much experience already and some people don't. But I think if you're, if you're just working at a grocery store and you hate it and you keep working there and you're like, well, I don't have experience to get another job. You're not getting any more experience to get another job anywhere where you're just sitting there working at the grocery store. And so I definitely, it's probably, it's another reason I had so many is because I would try something and if I didn't like it, and if it wasn't worth it to me, I would find something else. And I also wasn't like willing to work for minimum wage in college. I was like, I know that I'm smarter than that. I'm not doing it. And it was like a little bit risky and a little bit cocky, but I think that really helped me because if I would, if I was working minimum wage in college, I would have had, I, I wouldn't, I would not have been able to pay for school. Um, and that so. also probably plays into you pricing your services now that you yeah. are like, Hey, this is what I'm worth and take it or leave it. Right. It's, it's so true because, and I think about people who are just like working so hard and they're so talented. They're like, oh my gosh, I have, you know, I have weddings every weekend and I can never catch a break. I'm like, well, if you raise your prices by 10%, you would get 10% less clients probably. You'd be making the same amount of money and working 10% less. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so if I were charging $50, I would maybe get a bazillion seniors. But then if I charge what I charge now, I'm going to get like a 10th of that and make the same amount of money and do less work. And I can put better work into the, the job that I'm getting and that's how it was like in college as well like if I was getting paid minimum wage I have no idea like what kind of work ethic I would have had um but because I knew that I was I was worth more to my employers I definitely worked harder um and I think that really helped me as well like a whole big cycle of getting more jobs and having better references etc um but I worked at a, at a coffee shop like sandwich shop froggies in slow did we ever there when it was there I think it no. closed over by equilibrium and um actually couldn't work there for very long because i had knee surgery and i couldn't stand like literally couldn't stand for like over 20 minutes and um so i was just my friends every time we talk about that year my friends are like you were so like you were so mean that quarter because i was in so much pain all the time from standing at that job and um then I was like, I can't. Like, I remember them telling me once, like, you've been in a bad mood for like a month. <laughs> and I was like, I hate this job. I gotta leave. Um, and then I ended up working at a language school where I worked all throughout college. And anyway, so yes, it definitely has helped me use that same, like, confidence and same, like, this is what I'm worth and I don't want to waste my time doing something I don't enjoy um, into my business. Because when you're a photographer, when you're anything, people have so many ideas about what you could be painting or what you could be, you know, photo shooting. People are like, oh, you should, you should go 
take photos of like people's houses because that sounds, you know, people make money doing that. I'm like, people make money doing a lot of things I don't want to do. And that's not one of them. So, um, yeah, I really did instill that I, it's like, I'm really exchanging my time for that. And it's important to me that not only do I get paid for it well, but that I also enjoy it. And then I think that also means like all of your, experiences kind of factor in later in life like I don't think a lot of things that you put effort into are like worthless you know what I mean yeah yeah like I've worked some odd jobs that weren't directly related to the architecture field but Mm -hmm. you know you learn a lot of things in those jobs like communication and different applications of creativity and whatnot so I think it's all it all factors in in the end yeah and you have to be aware of that but just because like I'm trying to think of what what kind of job that I've done that I really enjoyed, like like working for the real estate agent. I learned so much in that that has nothing to do with, with what I'm doing. Um, but you do learn so much, and I knew that. So I wasn't like, oh, this isn't applied to my field. I'm not doing it. Um, but I did. I learned so much, and that job carried me through through all of school. It was definitely worth it to have. So you're so right. Every little experience you have kind of shapes the your creative mind for sure. Definitely. Um, so I also want to go back a little bit, and we were talking about John your mm-hmm. boyfriend and um I guess my, one of my questions was like who your biggest supporter was I don't know if it's him but I feel like it's pretty cool because John is very supportive mm-hmm. um always like all up on the periscope and stuff always watching, watching you and kind of like watching your people a little bit yes. like seeing what's going on in the realm of uh entrepreneurship and stuff yes so I'm curious, like, if he's a bigger supporter or if it's someone else. But he has really been there from the beginning, like we were saying. Yeah, right. If there was somebody else who's more supportive than him, it would be like, geez, wait, those standards are high. Yeah, he's definitely my number one supporter. From the, I mean, like I said, from the very, very beginning, which is so cool to, like, look back and realize that, that he was, you know, here right when I moved back from France. We started dating, and a lot of other lifestyle things happened at the same time. I started eating paleo, and that had a lot to do with him. And um, so, so much of my life changed when when we met, and he's been there just in the beginning of everything. So, yeah, he's definitely my number one supporter. He thinks... He, I was going to say he thinks everything I do is amazing. That is false. He's very honest about what he thinks is amazing or not amazing. But do I ever actually finish projects that he does not think are amazing? No. And so everything I end up doing, he definitely is like the number one fan of. Um, he, you know, he's he's my number one cheerleader. He tells everybody about me. Like he's totally my hype man. Um, and like it's almost like embarrassing me in the coffee shop being like, oh my God, honey. Like we have to go. Um, so yeah, he loves being a part of everything hopping on Periscope, talking to me on Periscope or talking to you on Periscope or my on Periscope or whoever. Um, and yeah, he is definitely like my filter that I take everything through. And he's not like, um, not like a, a strict one, you know, like, oh no, that's not a good idea. He is just like really honest. Like, I think that would be great. And sometimes I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea. And he's like, are you going to enjoy it? Well, then you should do it. So he's a very good balance for me and seeing like what I'm doing, if it's worth it, um, or if it's just something that I really enjoy. And he loves everything I do. He thinks I'm so brilliant in business. I'm like, yeah, I keep telling yourself that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of interesting too, because I know, I guess we kind of realized this yesterday, but both John, your boyfriend, and my boyfriend, Jake, are very honest. And I think that's like yes. very helpful. And so both of them are, of course, not in our industry. I know John is a little bit more of an entrepreneur than Jake mm-hmm. is because Jake is more science-brained. But mm-hmm. um, it is kind of cool that, that there's people who are honest and they'll just kind of take an outside look at what you're doing and be like, totally. um, yeah, or um, no. 
Um, no, yes. And his parents are, they own pizza businesses and a lot of them. And so they're, they're definitely, definitely business people. And so, so much of what he, what he, what his knowledge is comes from his parents. And so like loves to be like, let's talk to my parents about it. Let's talk to my parents about it. Um, and it's a lot like with your dad who your dad is very entrepreneurial. His parents are the same way. And I'm like, let's do it for the passion, you know? And they're like, how can you make money? Let's talk about that. I'm like, but I love it. You know? So it's a really good balance to have those two things things kind of combine. Um, so yeah, he has definitely been my number one supporter and even like just everybody, like it takes a village to raise a business. I'm pretty sure. And my friends have been so supportive and my parents, of course. Um, but John has really been the one that's been the most involved and, and just like loves everything that I'm doing and can't wait to see it grow. And everybody else is like really cool. I think everyone else kind of like expects it of me because they've known me for so long and they're like, yeah, of course, like he's just doing awesome things. And John is still, we've only been dating for three years. So he's still wowed by it. He's like, wow, you're really incredible. Everybody else is like, we know. I hope that never goes away. That's so nice. <laughs> yeah, I hope I, I got to keep it low. Got to trick him sometimes. I think I'm not so amazing. So when I come back and be amazing, he'll be wild by it. Just again. like a really big screw up, like just <laughs> on purpose. Yeah, right. Just keep the standards low. Um, so yeah, that's that's been the, the biggest the biggest help for me for sure. I wouldn't be able to do it without him. So nice. So sweet. So sweet. <laughs> Besides John, uh, supporter-wise, do you have any, like, friends in particular or maybe, like, your community in particular that you find support from? Yeah, so um, so we talked a lot about in your interview that we did, bonus episode number two, that you definitely have found a huge community on Instagram. And I have found a really big community on Facebook. My Facebook friends, even if most of them we have met in real life and some of them are just acquaintances of friends or whatever. And to clarify, uh, it's like your personal Facebook page and yes. your business page, correct? Business page, right. The Facebook is not dead for business, guys. Not dead for if business. you use it, it the way not- Asia does, we'll probably talk about that in a future episode. Yeah, cool. I periscoped about it like last week and we definitely will make an episode about it. Um, people are always like, oh, I hate Facebook. I don't want to be on Facebook for business. And because I'm, I'm a personal brand and because like it's so important for me to have relationships with my clients, um, it's easy for me to use my personal Facebook for business purposes. Um, and because I definitely believe in being transparent, et cetera, it's nice for me to be able to interact with like potential clients or friends or et cetera in a way that is like very organic and is like very me and then can also touch on business. So Facebook has been really big for me. Anytime that I have something like when I first started the magazine, my Facebook friends were the first to know. And I was like, you guys have been such a huge supporter for me, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, that's really great. And sometimes I don't realize it until people are like, I've been watching your stuff on Facebook for years. And you know, you have like those silent readers who kind of come up later and a lot of them start on Facebook. Um, cause before I had a website, all I had was a Facebook business page and that's really, really where it started. So definitely on Facebook and then within the Facebook groups as well. I have such a strong support system in some Facebook groups that I'm in and that's really allowed us to be able to take on this podcast or do things more business related um, that isn't just photography because we have a really strong group of supporters from Facebook behind us so besides my actual friends family John and my community which which slow is huge for me definitely Facebook has been my my biggest online community that's very cool to hear and I like how we have it in different spots which is quite Mm -hmm. interesting and uh, I feel like you've kind of found your your groove on that platform Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because I asked you this question yesterday. I asked you how many of your wedding photography clients have you known personally before you shoot them? And you said basically the majority. Almost all. And that's, you know, that can start on Facebook or I mean, real life evolving into Facebook. But it's a good point. 
yeah, definitely. I mean, that's how we were able to stay in contact. It's great because I have a limited amount of weddings that I shoot a year. And just because it's not my main, main business and it's a lot of work. <laughs> so I limit it to 10 a year. And almost all those 10 spots are taken by people that I kind of know, which is really great because it just, it is so much more fun to be able to, to shoot a wedding for somebody that you've been following their story, you know, like you've seen them on Facebook before and then they, oh my gosh, they got engaged. Um, and I definitely have clients who I didn't know before that, but usually the spots are taken up already by people that I do know and so if I were to open up the spots to for like let's say I did 20 or 30 a year then it would probably be a lot more people that I didn't know but I definitely do turn people down um because I want to you know work-life balance is important to me um so that is really nice and I like going back and being like oh my gosh we met in 2008 and now here I am shooting your wedding eight years later so I think Let's see. I have another idea here of a question to ask you. And so talking about like your wedding clients and your community and all that, like who is the kind of person that you are creating for ultimately? I think maybe you have different groups of people. I think we, we think we both do. Yeah. So my ideal person, this is, I want to like be like a lifetime photographer for people really so I would love to like start out and take photos of people so just like age-wise like starting on a high school take your high school senior photos their college senior photos and then their wedding photos and for me that would be like such a perfect progression and engagement and, and engagement yes definitely and everything that is involved in those like huge events in your life really exciting because there are some um, girls that I worked with who graduated college I got to take those photos and then they got engaged you got to do the whole process with them when they're finally getting to the age where they're getting married etc so it's really great to see like my master plan working is what I call it I just realized I was like holy shit that could be me <laughs> it could be you this my mind is blown right Asia now. took my senior photos yes by the way <laughs> and they were awesome and so much fun and then I can take your engagement in the wedding and it's gonna be so happy see this is my whole plan this is my whole plan and everything and so really who I'm creating for is people it seems kind of a little broad but people who are in that age range so they're probably early college um and young professionals etc and I'm really making all of my content for people like them and and really it comes back to just people like me and people who are my age or living in my area or people who are going through the same things I'm going through um and so as far as like my blog content goes it's definitely for, for people like that and then my photos as well are for people who you know just want to like feel happy they want to they want to like look back at it's just one set of photos and be like, this is how I felt the last four years. And I think that's really, it's really special that I get to be the person who takes those pictures and be like, oh yeah, I remember when I was in college and I worked so hard for that. And it was so much fun. Cause when I look at the photos that I took at the end of my college career, that's what I think of. And it's nice that I get to be the one to, to like immortalize those memories for them. So that's who I'm creating for. I look at my high schools in your photos and I'm like, I'm so glad I don't look like that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I will argue that I look the same. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Just like a lot better, but the same. Basically, I get better looking as I get older. So that is a fact. And I think that happens for everybody until a certain age, probably. Oh my God. It was crazy. That clip you posted yesterday on Snapchat with your long hair, which I yes. totally forget about because the first time I met you in December, you had long hair and it looks, oh my gosh. you look so different. I didn't, I don't like it. I don't know how to do my hair. I don't know why I kept it long. Like, if you guys can see my hair now, it's terrible looking, but it's because it's short, so it doesn't really matter. And I need to cut it probably. Um, but yeah, I used to love my long hair, but it looked horrible. I can't believe that I I don't think it looked bad, but you definitely looked a lot younger. 
Yes, yeah, shorter hair definitely makes me look like at least a little bit closer to my age than before. Because I had long hair throughout all the high school, so I can't tell the difference. I mean, I can, but if I were to show you a series of five photos, you would have no idea which ones I was in college or which ones I was. That sounds like but a fun game. Put these in order. Let's make this happen. Yeah, put these in order chronologically. That would be so fun. And gosh, when I, oh my gosh, when I look at those pictures, I had such chubby mm. cheeks and it was just... <laughs> So funny. So anyway, when I talk, talk to college girls, I'm like, you're going to love these photos so much more than you love your high school photos, to be honest, because then that's kind of my goal. I want them to, you know, like get better. And when I take high school pictures, I'm like, these ones are incredible. Just wait till we do your college ones. They're going to be so awesome. So yeah, there's that. And that's just really cool. It's such, it's cool to have a progression. And I don't know how many businesses have clients that can really stick with them in that yeah. way throughout. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot. But, like, mine, I mean, of course, someone could commission me to do art more than mm -hmm. once. And that does happen. But I'm not, like, there for, like, pivotal moments, right. you know. So it's pretty cool to have such – I mean, photography is definitely a huge, like, personal relationship kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you are basically, like, a part of that person's – memory oh like, absolutely com completely I mean like you're like the memory creator and so like they definitely think of you throughout mm -hmm. throughout that time every time they look back at those photos yes and when I this happens a lot at weddings and I just shot a wedding this weekend and um you know the family would be like you're doing such a great job you did such a great job um and I'm like you've not even seen the photos I was taking photos of my feet the whole time you guys don't even know and it's like such a big testament to people are connecting to you first and foremost and then they're connecting to your work and that's been my biggest driver of business is that people are connecting to me and then they're like oh great and she does awesome work so I think that's what makes me a lot different from other photographers and it's not a good thing or a bad thing um with other people you find their work and you're like oh my gosh I need to have these photos taken and then you take whatever photographer comes with it and with me I feel like people are like cool I'm happy your work is good but I would have hired you anyway because they just want me around um and that sounds so like oh I'm just so cool to be around but I think people really connect with me because I put myself out there so much they know who I am and that definitely sets me apart from other people who they're like I don't even know who's showing up to shoot my wedding and you know be with me all of the day I'm with these people all day all day long so if we didn't get along there would be a miserable experience and so it's really nice that these people know me already I know them a little bit already and we really click and so that's been huge for um, for senior clients as well as for wedding clients because I'm a big part, especially for weddings, I'm a big part of their day. So, if, you know, I'm really glad they like me. <laughs> That's so cool too. I was just thinking like I'm jealous of you in that way because I wish so much that I could sit down with my commission painting clients and like sit mm -hmm. down with them and be like, let's talk about this and like show them yeah. the work in person because you do like your photo reveal and everything. Right. And like I do so much of it over email that like I don't always yeah. get to give it with them. And I do have Skype calls with clients, obviously, like at like two touch points throughout. But it would be so cool to be able to do that. And so like any opportunity that I get to work with someone locally, I'm like, yeah, pumped on it. And that's what we talked about is that like your business is primarily on space and mine is primarily like face to face. And so and it's so cool that we have both, you know crossed over to do the opposite because I could I could run all my stuff in person and just people would just know me that way and then I would show them my work um, and I don't have to do to I mean I have to do stuff online now just for communication purposes but um, yeah everything I do could be in person and it's really great and it definitely like curbs the like what would be a loneliness as being an entrepreneur when I quit my job I could have mentioned this earlier but I was really bummed I really missed my coworkers and we had such a great team and that's a big reason why I wanted so what to have a team behind it because I'm like I love working 
working with people and I get to do it obviously at photo shoots when I'm sitting at home and I'm writing a blog post and I'm editing photos like that's not something that's interactive um, and so it's nice to have a really strong relationship with my clients as well as with my with my team on slow wet because otherwise I could just be all by myself all the time um, so it's nice I'm kind of not a product photographer that would be so lonely <laughs> it's, it's nice too because you have someone to like share the wins with so when you're like yeah we got the magazine out it's up it's published like high five you know like yes. uh, what are you gonna do like high five yourself yes yeah, seriously I've done that several a time probably John's John's all about the high five so we can definitely he can be there for me but yeah when it's just me it's like okay cool and it's nice to have somebody else be just as excited or even more excited about your work as you are you know and I'm sure that you get the same thing and because when you, when you create a custom piece or or just something that really speaks to somebody when I show people their photos and they're like so pumped on it it's like okay cool this is really great so you're so right I'm glad I don't have to do something all by myself I think being a writer would be lonely mm, interesting I'm listening to to Big Magic right now. I'm sure I talked about it yesterday. And she doesn't talk about that. But I just think, like, she wrote this whole book all by herself. You know, that's a a lot of alone time. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that's probably why she incorporated the podcast episode because she was like, I want to apply this to real life, you know? So true. Like, I couldn't – we talked about this maybe in years or – when did we talk about it yesterday? But I have, like, I have to be engaging with people – like a million times a day like I have to get out because I cannot like sit here by myself all day like you can sit by yourself I can't I cannot you know what we didn't talk about in the other interview is how I'm an only child and you're not so I think I don't have that like I you know sometimes if no one texts me all day I'm like very happy about it you're so pumped about it (laughs) I have those days you know and John's an only child as well and that explains a lot for him but I'm not I have a younger sister and we were very close and um so yeah I definitely didn't didn't play by myself very much and (laughs) so I don't want to do it ever again and I actually um might be living alone in the next couple months and I'm like yeah it's gonna be awesome because I'm an adult and I'm like wait (laughs) And it's just been so cool to hear all of the backstory. And, of course, the future story is exciting as well. I'm so excited to, like, be part of it now. It's so cool. This is, like, our next venture. Or, like, this is our next, you know, season of life in a way, as people say. And we're kind of, like, doing part of it together. Yes. And I'm so proud. And I I think about this a lot, like. This is kind of how I frame everything. I'm going to write a blog post about this. Like when I'm older, like let's say when I'm 40, because 30 is so close that I can't say like when I'm 30, because that's like not even like that many years away from now. Like when I'm 40, do I want to look back and be like, oh, when I was 26, I had this idea to do podcasts and I didn't do it. Or do I want to be like, when I was 26, I did a podcast. And even if it only lasted a year, like how cool is that? You know, like, oh, me and Paige, we had a podcast together. That sounds so awesome. And I also like frame it. Have I told you this before? Mm-hmm. Yes. And also frame it like when, let's say I'm like 18, I'd be like, oh, I can't wait to be like in my mid 20s because I'm going to have a podcast. I'm going to have a magazine, blah, blah, blah. And it's like when I frame anything like that, like, oh, and when I'm 26, I'm going to nap in the middle of the day. <laughs> it just sounds so much more glamorous. So anyway, I'm really proud of us. And I, 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 can, I can wait to be older. But when I'm older, I know that I'm really going to treasure these memories that we're building right now. <laughs> no, it's so funny. I feel the same way because when I was growing up, I was like, I just want to be one of those people this is really funny. I haven't thought about this in a while. I was like, I want to be one of those people who's like done so many different things, like kind of a Jill of all trades kind of person. And I know that like being a Jill of all trades is not ideal for business because you don't want to offer, uh, you know, everything but the kitchen sink. Totally. But, but to be able to be like, I pursued my art and I pursued architecture and I did the podcast and I learned how to edit and do videos and all the things, you know? So it's pretty cool. Like I just say, go for it. Most of all, can that be my life advice? It's something that we that we enjoy. There's no there's no point not to. 
again in big magic she will tell you all about this well thank you so much Paige, for your amazing questions i'm so glad we got to talk about me for a full 30 minutes or so no, so much no thank you this has been quite fabulous and i hope that our listeners got to know you a little bit better yeah thanks for listening guys i can't wait to meet you guys so this has been our second bonus episode and the next episode that you'll be hearing from us will be another you know content kind of topic episode Mm -hmm. and we'll be dropping those once a week on the same day we're not gonna say yet which day just we're pretty sure we have a day in mind but we're not gonna we're not gonna uh set anything in stone just quite yet but we will be on track with a weekly schedule so we hope you enjoyed this first three little easter egg of (laughs) episodes to kick off space to face and we've been saying it a lot but please don't forget to leave us a rating and review on itunes because it would really help us out and um subscribe sign up to get your episodes in your inbox at Mm -hmm. space to face.com absolutely thank you guys so much Thank you. And of course, sending all the positive and creative vibes your way. And as Asia always says, we hope you have a fabulous freaking day. Bye. Bye. Yeah, we did it. So proud of us. Thank you for listening to Space to Face brought to you by Asia Croson and Paige Poppy. To find out more about us and get episodes delivered straight to your inbox each week, please check out our website at space2face.com. Until our next episode, we hope you'll apply what you've learned today to nurture both the online and face-to-face aspects of your business. And until then, we thank you and we will see you in our next one.